Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, how you doing? Brian Kane here with our mental performance group coaching program brought to you by Fundraising University. Just wanted to welcome everyone to today's call. And if you are joining us live, if you would go to the chat here in Zoom and you would just post your name and where you're from and what sports you're involved with, that would be great. And just wanted to take a minute to, again, thank Fundraising University and their CEO, Mike Bahoon, uh, for their commitment to being a transformational organization that truly cares about the success of coaches and athletes. I've personally executed a Fundraising University Fund You Now fundraiser at Eastmont High School in Washington with Athletic Director Russ Waterman and their student-athletes, and we were able to raise over $30,000 in just one hour. Fundraising University, they truly raised the most amount of money in the least amount of time with the least amount of interference for coaches so that if you have any fundraising needs and you're looking to take your program to that next level, please just reach out to Zach Sorensen with Fundraising University to learn more. And I'm going to post this out of our chat here, Zach's email address. It is simply Z Sorensen, S-O-R-E-N-S-E-N at fundraisingu.net. Super excited for today's guest. Thrilled. Uh, we've got Matt Carpenter. He's playing currently with the San Diego Padres. He's had a long Major League Baseball career with the St. Louis Cardinals. He's been a three-time All-Star. He's been a World Series champion. Last year was on a comeback with the New York Yankees. And my story goes way back with Carp to one of the first college baseball teams I ever consulted with in 2006 when he was playing at TCU. And he wrote the forward to my book, Mental, um, uh, the, you know, <laughs> Mental Conditioning for Baseball. And super excited to have Carp uh, here with us today. So Carp, man, thank you for taking time out of your, you know, time that you get at home before you come out here to the desert for spring training, man. Thanks for joining us. Tanner, hey, absolutely. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me and everybody tuning in. Uh, thanks for being here. Yeah, appreciate it, man. And you know, one of the, one of the things that, that I think is, is really cool about your story is going back to kind of how you got started in the mental game at TCU and how you've stayed with it now for, you know, such, such a long and successful career. So if you would, maybe, could you take our coaches back to kind of how you got started and exposed into the mental game of baseball? Yeah. I mean, um, you know, for those that don't know, um, kind of my background, uh, you know, I'm a, son of a high school baseball coach. My dad coached uh, high school baseball for 30 plus years. Um, he retired uh, just before 2020. And, um, you know, so I, I was always around the field growing up as a kid. I was raised around the game. And, you know, he, uh, you know, kind of started, kind of laid the groundwork for um, you know, the mental game for me, just, you know, listening to him talk and, you know, it was something he was always preaching to us as players and being his son, being around it every day, you know, I got to kind of absorb that and, um, you know, have a, had a, have a pretty good head start into it, um, when I got to college and then obviously, uh, you know, meeting Brian and, uh, him taking over at TCU and kind of walking us through that, uh, we really kind of, you know, took it to the next level. Um, just like you do a lot of things when you get to kick the, you know, next level of sports, you know, everything's a little bit more um, heightened. The talent level 
is a little bit more, um, you know, even. So, you know, finding a way to separate separate yourself as a player, um, the mental game uh, became uh, kind of my biggest uh, factor of, of what kind of led me to have success. And, you know, I, I owe uh, a lot of people credit for that, and, and Brian's certainly one of them. You know, and Carp, I think one of the pivotal, pivotal, pivotal points here, you know, in your career was a conversation that you had with Coach Lossnagel that really changed kind of the direction of your career. And I think one of the big takeaways for our coaches on the call today is that your life can change in a moment. Your life can change in an instant. That instant might be, for me, it was July 4th, 2000, when I came across the book Heads Up Baseball. For some of the people on our call here, it might be the, the moment they decided to, to go start their own business. It might be the moment they chose to go on the path of coaching. So I think there's these moments that happen you know, in our, in our lives that set the trajectory and the path for where we're going. And every time we get on one of these group co coaching calls, it's my goal, you know, that, that every coach who's on here, that this opportunity, this, this moment can happen on this call. And for you, that moment was a conversation with coach Slosnagel. Would you kind of take us back to that conversation and maybe your career up to that point, And then what happened when you came walking out of that office? Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that was a conversation that definitely changed the course of uh, really my entire mm -hmm. life, certainly my athletic career. But, you know, just to kind of give a background, I mean, I, my personality, my, my uh, you know, the kind of person I was, the kind of player I was, you know, when I stepped on the field uh, at TCU, when I, when I was at, you know, practice or, um, you know, in a game, they always gave it a full effort, was always competing, um, you know, at, at the top of, uh, you know, what you would expect a competitor to be, um, did all those things great. But uh, as a college athlete, the thing that I had not done a great job of is taking that to every area of my life. Um, I, I was the kind of, my, my mentality as a younger player was, um, you know, if I, if I give it what I give it at my all while I'm on the field, you know, the rest will take care of itself. And so I, I was really, um, lacking in a lot of areas so you know nutrition and um you know uh the weight room uh my classwork you know i was really kind of dropping the ball in those areas and um you know i am headed into my uh junior year at tcu and i had severely underperformed as a player to this point both both as a player and as a college um, student athlete, whatever, you know, as a college student athlete, I had, I had severely underperformed. It wasn't the player that I thought that I was going to be or that Coach Sloshnagel and his staff thought I was going to be. Um, and I ended up getting hurt uh, my junior year, the fall of, the, of my junior year, I ended up having Tommy John. And at this point in my career, I, I was probably close to 240 pounds, um, just kind of a kind of a soft bad body um you know just not really you you would never look at me and think okay this is a peak you know performance athlete this is i looked more like you know just kind of like a college kid who just let himself kind of get out of get out of shape and um anyway to make a long story short i i had this injury coach lostingle calls me in his office and we sit down and he just kind of laid it out for me um you're about to go through, you know, this rehab process. You're about to go through all this stuff. You have an opportunity to make a drastic change in your life. Um, and, and, and if you can take the same mentality that you have when, when the game is being played 
your your the, your you know your toughness when the game is going on, your grit when the game is going on, how hard you work when the game is going on, and apply that to every area of your life. Your your you know the rehab process, my health, my nutrition, the weight room, the classroom, all those things. If you can take that same mindset into every area, let's see where this thing goes. And it was a it was, you know, and I'm, I'm giving you a nice version of that. I mean, there were some, there was a tough conversation. I mean, it was a real, real hard thing to, to hear your coach kind of lay it out there, tell you all the things that you, you, you know, to this point, you know, how, how, where we expected me to be and where I was, and then, um, you know, what I needed to do to get there. So, man, I left his office that day, a different person. I, I literally started the very next day um, and, and was on my journey to, you know, being the player that I am today and, and, and the guy that, you know, I would consider is committed to excellence in every area of, of my life, both on and off the field. And, you know, I owe, I owe him a lot for that conversation. Well, and I think, you know, he, he held you accountable. He told you the truth. He said some things that, that, you know, you probably needed to hear. And I think so many times people want to avoid conflict. And I'm reading a book right now called The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. And one of them is conflict avoidance. Talk about the importance, Matt, of of as a leader, right? And you, your dad was a coach. Coach Schlossnagel changed your life and the trajectory of your whole whole life and career with that conversation. Talk about the importance of of people speaking the truth into you as an athlete, or even like in in a locker room that you're in last year with the Yankees. Just people speaking the truth, even though it may hurt at times. There's no doubt. There's not. There's no greater um, thing you can do for somebody than having those tough conversations. They're obviously tough for a reason. Uh, some of the hardest conversations I've ever had in my life, both athletically, personally, relationshiply, have always led to the greatest things. Um, that conversation with Coach Slostring on that day was not easy, uh, but it came from a great place and it led to great things. Um, you know, I, I think about, you know, my time <clears throat> and at the T in TCU, at, uh, you know, under Coach Slostring's program, there was a lot of times throughout my career there where, you know, he had to, you know, say or do things that, you know, maybe you personally, if, you know, felt like you were, you know, being attacked or felt like you were, you know, being, um, you know, picked on. But if you, you know, really break it down and look back on it, especially me personally, my experiences with them, uh, you know, those are the things that really made me the best version of myself. And, you know, I consider him a great friend and mentor and, you know, it's a great example of, you know, what it takes and what kind of a, you know, leadership style, what a great leader does is they're able, their ability to have those kind of tough conversations and to do it in a way where you get the best out of that person. And, you know, I'm very thankful that, you know, we, I was able to have that with him, uh, you know, five years at TCU and then even still to this day. You know, and Carp, obviously, you know, as you're telling, as you're sharing your story, underachieved in the beginning of your career at TCU, but you took that mess and you made it your masterpiece, right? You took that adversity and you made it your advantage. You took that failure and you used it as feedback to allow you to continue to move forward, right? You're, you were not drafted in the first round. You were not drafted to make it to the major leagues. You were not drafted to be the face of an organization. And you became that in St. Louis as a three-time all-star, the face of the organization, a World Series you know, champion. 
How did you overcome those odds that continually got stacked against you, like the injury at TCU, and then when the draft comes around? How did you feel like you overcame and overachieved during those difficult times? You, you know, <clears throat> I, I, I've said this before, um, you know, a couple times publicly, but I, I think that one of the big things for me was um, when I left TCU and played my final game, my fifth year senior year, I'll never forget it. We were in Austin playing uh, the Longhorns in the Super Regional. <clears throat> and we uh, we got beaten game three, had, you know, and Texas ended up winning, had gone and going to Omaha. And I walked off that field thinking that, that I had just played my last baseball game. Uh, because there was no reason to, you know, believe uh, that, I, that I was going to get drafted. I mean, I was hopeful, but I, I had never, you know, I didn't have an agent. I hadn't had conversations with, with teams. Um, you know, I, I had had very little dialogue with any scouts. Um, I knew I had, a, I had a good season, but I also knew I was a 23-year-old fifth-year senior who, you know, had a slow start to his college career. So I wasn't sure what was going to happen. So, I, you know, as I mentioned, I, you know, walk off that field thinking that I, I had played my last game. Well, a week later, the Cardinals take me in the 13th round of uh, the draft and I ended up getting an opportunity to go out and play. I took that opportunity and to the best of my ability, made the most of it every single day. Um, I, I, I looked at it as, you know, a, a, a blessing and, and a, you know, I, I looked at it as an opportunity to go out and prove to people and myself that, you know, I, I could be a great player and I could, you know, make it, um, you know, to the big leagues. And, you know, part of, part of that feeling of knowing or thinking that you might have played your last game there's a hunger there that never wants to have that feeling again. Um, and there's also a freedom in the fact that, you know what, I, you know, I graduated from TCU. I'd had a great, great career. I didn't think I was going to get an opportunity and now I'm getting to play. There's some freedom in that. When I went out and played, I could, you know, lay it all on the line and whatever happened, happened. I, that was, that was my mentality. As soon as I put on a professional uniform, it was, man, I, look, this wasn't, you know, technically even supposed to happen anyway. And I've been given this opportunity. So I'm going to go out there and I'm going to lay it on the line. And however this thing plays out, I'm going to be good with it. And in that, it gave me a lot of freedom to go out and play at a high level. And, you know, I was, you know, lucky enough to kind of have a fast track um, through the minor leagues and got my opportunity in St. Louis and continued to catch breaks and, um, you know, make the most of those opportunities. And, you know, you know, here we are in 2000 what is it, 23, and I'm still playing baseball, and I'm so uh, thankful for, you know, every opportunity I get as, I, as my career's gone forward. You know, and obviously getting getting to Seattle, or getting to Seattle, sorry, getting to St. Louis, right, and you're three-time All-Star, and then, you know, towards the end of your career, um, it, it wasn't all sunshine and roses, you know, the here we go with more adversity, right, and having to overcome again. You know, you talk about creating that freedom and kind of like accepting that whatever happens, happens, but then you make it and then you're there and then you're on top. Does that mentality change when you get there and, does, and now there becomes an expectation that you're going to have, you know, a certain season or you're an expectation that you're going to do X for a city or organization? How does that change with success? That's a great question. And it certainly does. Um, you know, I... I 
I, I've gone through so many different phases of kind of my mentality as a professional baseball player. Uh, and, you know, I'm, we're, we'll obviously touch on most of them. But, you know, as I mentioned, I kind of went from the kid who, you know, had a chip on his shoulder and, you know, wasn't supposed to be here, 13th rounder, fifth year senior, and kind of, you know, I don't want to say, I'm trying to think of what the best way to put it is. Not not lucky, but just kind of grinder who just find, found his way to the major leagues. And, you know, it's kind of a cool story. And, um, you know, we'll see kind of where this thing goes. Well, then when that kind of model becomes now, okay, great. Now you're the, you're Matt Carpenter, the, the all-star who we're going to invest in. Um, from an organization standpoint, from a contract standpoint. And now, you know, we expect you to be, you know, this certain player on this uh, team that's, you know, going to compete for a World Series every year. That was a shift uh, mentally. Uh, you, you know, had to go to a, a different, you know, place where you, you know, went from kind of the young player who's just grinding every day to now the expectation of, you know, being the, you know, one of the cornerstones of a franchise, there was, there was a lot of expectation, um, you know, through that. And there were some tough times and uh, you know, I can, I can think of one in particular in 2018 uh, I started off um, after I think May 26th, uh, two months, almost two full months in the season. I was the worst uh, offensive player, worst position player in, in the, uh, entire major leagues, uh, statistically from an OPS standpoint, I think I was like 586 or something like that, which would have graded out as the worst player, um, in major league baseball, uh, at that time. And, uh, you know, just really, uh, you know, kind of grinding and, and, and going through it, but, I, and I've, I've been fortunate enough to have this, if you happen to me a few times in my career and I, and I've, I've, Brian and I have talked about it. Some of the best, some of the worst things that have happened to me and some of the toughest moments of my career have always led to some of the greatest things. Hmm. And I think part of that is just the mindset that I've been able to have, um, you know, all the way back starting in college where, you know, you struggle for a few years and then, you know, turn your life around, start playing better, you know, get to minor leagues, uh, you know, kind of get off to a great start, get to the big leagues, struggle for a little bit, get it going back. So in 2018, I'm going through this tough stretch. And for a lot of guys that I've played with, for a lot of guys that I've been teammates of, and for a lot of people and anybody that can go through, you know, whether you're an athlete or not, going through struggling like that at that magnitude for that long um, can be really hard. But I had already struggled before. So I was able to kind of withstand that and not lose confidence and not um, you know, panic and just stick to my process. And it led to maybe my best season of my entire career. 2018, I think I, you know, finished, you know, with some MVP votes um, and, you know, had a complete turnaround. And I think, you know, two out of the last three months uh, of that year, uh, you know, I, I was the player of the month and, and a few of those. And, you know, just being able to, I guess, weather that storm and the confidence in knowing that what I was doing would 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 continue to play out if I just stuck with my process and not, um, you know, lose sight of where this thing was headed. 
I was able to, 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 you know, weather that storm. And, and that was a big, uh, a big, uh, highlight of, you know, my career for me. You know, and then, and then Matt, as you get kind of towards the tail end, right. Of, of your career with St. Louis in 2021, right. As I'm looking up the stats here in 130 games played, you hit 169 with, with three home runs, your career's over in St. Louis. You make a phone call to the Texas Rangers. What's, what's that moment like for you where you're saying, I, this isn't how I want to go out, right? I'm going to continue to use adversity to my advantage and continue to use failure as feedback. And I'm not done yet because your season in 2022, right? We're picking it up now where you call the Rangers, but here's how that season ends. This thing, I want everybody to hear this. 2021, three home runs, 169 with St. Louis in 130 games. In 47 games with the New York Yankees in 2022, carpet 305 with 15 home runs. You call the Yankees, or I'm sorry, you call the Rangers. Talk to me about that conversation because you're not done yet. Yeah, so I mean, you know, the last couple of seasons in, in St. Louis, performance-wise, wasn't great. Um, you know, and I... Uh, I felt like, you know, there was, there were some things going on. I felt like my swing, I needed to work on. There were some things uh, mechanically that I had going on, but I'd also, you know, started to lose a little bit of, of uh, some, you know, confidence in what I was doing. And, and uh, I just hit a place where I knew that physically I ha I still had some left in the tank and I did not want to let, you know, my career end in this way. And for a lot of people, um, they thought that, you know, my career was over and that, uh, you know, I'd just gotten to a point, we'll call it age or whatever, that I just wasn't able to produce at a, you know, a major league level anymore. And I knew in my heart that that wasn't true. I knew that I still had a lot left in me. I knew that I was going to have, if I could just get an opportunity somewhere, I would, I, I knew that I was ready, um, and, and, and willing to put in the work. And I felt like if I just got a shot with somebody that I could make the most of it, I really, really was probably more motivated uh, than I've ever been in my career, um, which is, a, a, says a lot because I've, I've always been a highly motivated player, but I, I just, this was like a next level motivation because I just, I knew that, that I could still do it and I did not want it to end. Um, and it was sure, it was surely heading uh, that way. So, um, I get into the 2021 off season heading into the 20, heading into last year. And, uh, you know, so, some, you know, I'm free agent for the first time. Some teams are calling, but it's, uh, it's not many. And, uh, the opportunities that I was given, um, weren't, a, weren't a ton of great ones. And, you know, I asked my agent, um, to, to reach out to the Texas Rangers. Uh, they were the local team. I live here in Fort Worth, right down the road from uh, the ballpark in Arlington. And uh, I felt like if I could get an opportunity to go try to make their club that I, that I could do that. And they were uh, gracious enough to give me an invite to, to spring training. And I went out there and, and, and tried to make their team. You know, a lot of people forget uh, that last year, uh, Major League Baseball lock. We were in the middle of, of a contract contract negotiation with the CBA, and MLB uh, locked us out. So spring training was obviously started late. So I only had two weeks uh, to try to make their club, and I wasn't able to do that. 
but they gave me an opportunity to go down to AAA and continue my career, and I jumped all over it. Went down to uh, Round Rock, AAA, and uh, got an opportunity to go down there and play, and um, felt played well, and and got my opportunity with the Yankees, and kind of made the most of it. And you know, I want to talk about kind of that opportunity that you got in New York, and maybe the what you learned being there, playing in, in New York's, you know, playing in one of the biggest markets. In, in any of professional sports. And I think when you talk about big players in sports, I want to just give a shout out to Fundraising University, right? Because they offer a variety of fundraising efforts to help teams and students run profitable, effective, and fast-paced fundraisers designed to raise the most amount of money in the shortest amount of time so that, so that coaches and programs can reach their fundraising goals. So if you're interested in running a fundraiser with Fundraising University, please contact Zach Sorensen. We'll post his email here in the chat. It's zsorensen at fundraisingu.net. And Carp, you you get you know you're with the you're with the Rangers. How does how do you go? Did you just get picked up by the Yankees? Like how do you go from Texas to New York? And then let's talk about what it was like in New York because your season was really historic. Yeah, so I get um, I'm I'm in AAA playing for the uh, Round Rock Express, which is about a two hour drive from my house in Fort Worth, and I would be I would drive back and forth. Um, to go play and uh, on the weekends, I would, uh, after games, drive back home so that I could spend some time with my wife and kids. And um, it was a it was a commitment that, uh, you know, was, if I'm just being honest, it was it was a grind. It was a struggle. It was uh, it was not an easy thing to do, but it was something that I knew that I needed to do, wanted to do and had to do. Um, you know, I answered a lot of questions during that time uh, from opposing players. They were like, man, like, what, what are you doing? Like, why are you here? You've, you've, you know, had this great career. You've had, you know, you've had, you know, a player success. You've had financial success. You don't need to do this and you're out here doing it. And my answer, uh, you know, to those, to those players and to anybody that asked that was that I felt, you know, what I said earlier, I knew I had something left and I had and I needed to prove it um, not only to myself, but, you know, to everyone. And, um, you know, I, I was playing great, uh, got off to a great start and was swinging the bat really well down there. And I knew, and I, I knew, you know, I haven't played as long as I have, you just kind of know when you're swinging and when everything's kind of in balance and you just know where you are. I, I knew that I was in a great spot and I knew that, um, I was ready for an opportunity again in the major leagues, if I could get it. Um, and I made a phone call to, uh, our, the GM for, for, uh, Texas and told him that, uh, who I had a great relationship with and, um, told him that, you know, how I felt where I was and, and kind of, uh, you know, what their plans were for me. Um, you know, I, I had really been swinging about well, uh, up leading up into this phone call conversation. So I, I was hopeful that it would lead to something, you know, something, you know, some kind of a call up, some kind of a, an opportunity. So made the phone call and um, was unfortunately told that I was not going to be uh, in their plans. And, um, you know, they gave me my release and um, you're now, you're now the, out of baseball at this point, out of baseball. And for the second time, walked off the field that day and thought that I had just played my last game. Um, I even told my wife and my mom and my dad, my brother and some of my family members that 
if they wanted to drive to Round Rock, because I knew I was making this phone call um, that night, that uh, if they wanted to drive to Round Rock, it, watch me play, this could potentially be the last game. So they did and um, made the phone call, ended up getting the release, went home that night, back to, back to Fort Worth. And um, my wife and I went to dinner and we seemingly celebrated a, what we thought was um, the end of my career. And, you know, I was, I was uh, certainly not um, thrilled with how this was played out. You know, I was really hopeful that I was going to get an opportunity. I'd worked really hard that off season. um, And I felt, you know, like I said, I knew that in my heart that I was, I was ready, but I was also at peace because I had done everything that I could possibly have done. I went back to the minor leagues, played great. Um, I, I did everything I could. And, you know, if this was how it was going to end, um, I was okay with it. Uh, so a couple of days had passed and, you know, I'm just slowly starting to come to terms with what I think is the end of the end of my career. And I get a phone call and it's Brian Cashman with the New York Yankees. And he wants me to be in Tampa the next day. So I hopped on a plane, flew to Tampa and put the pinstripes on uh, the very next day. And it was uh, it was crazy. It was certainly a, a wild, wild week, to say the least. Now, when you go to Tampa, are you going to the spring training complex or the Yankees are in Tampa? The Yankees are playing t- in Tampa. So <laughs> I, I had... I asked for my release like on a, like a, it was like a Sunday, Saturday or Sunday. I flew, I drove back home, went to dinner Monday night, Tuesday night, I'm hanging out with the family. Wednesday night, I'm hanging out with the family. I get a phone call Wednesday night. And on Thursday, I was in Tampa in the lineup playing for the New York Yankees. Unbelievable. And you get, so you get another opportunity, right? You've risen from the dead again. Right. And here you are back. Can't kill Matt Carpenter. And you go on a tear last year with the Yankees at the time are the number one team in baseball. And you go 15 home runs, 305 average. And you're sitting there as a guy who maybe is a pinch hitter and finds himself in the lineup every day. And you get Major League Baseball. I think it was player of the month for one month. And you start rolling. And one of the things I want to kind of shift this conversation into now, Carp, is like some of the things that you got into, we started to kind of pick up again on like the the weekly conversation and coaching. And one of the things I've heard you say a lot, and when I talked to some of the, the, uh, you know, college baseball players in a program you spoke to recently that I said, would you take out a listening to Carp? And they said, oh, dude, chance favors the prepared. Talk about how chance favors the prepared. And then let's move into, cause that's life. That's not just baseball. Right. And then you're prepared for this moment. It's not like all of a sudden you came out of nowhere. You knew you were playing good and the Rangers didn't want to give you a chance. So the Yankees go, we'll take you. And here you go. And you help them get into the playoffs. So let's talk about how chance favors the prepared. And then we'll move into kind of some leadership and mental performance strategies that you've implemented that have helped you to be the player in the career that you've had. And if I did not break on the way. I just truly wasn't, you know, talented enough um, to get the opportunities that I have to, to, to get, you know, kind of be in the right place at the right time. I believe in my heart is just a direct reflection of putting in the work, being prepared for those opportunities when you do get them so that you can make the most of them. It's exactly what happened to me um, this year in New York City. Uh, you know, I had put in a ton of work. 
not only my whole life, but, you know, especially this off season going on and, 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 you know, putting in what the work that I needed to, to, to kind of refine my swing and redefine what kind of, you know, who I was as a hitter and kind of recapture the kind of offensive player that I knew I could be. And when I got that opportunity in New York, I was ready to jump on it. So, you know, I, and it happened fast. Um, you know, I, on, I told you I flew out on a Wednesday or I get a phone call on, uh, on a Wednesday. I'm flying out on a Thursday. I landed in Tampa at three is for a seven o'clock game. By the time I got to the stadium, it was five 30. Um, I'm in street clothes and they're going through a hitters meeting. I walk into the hitters meeting for the first time meeting all of the New York Yankee staff and players and I'm in street clothes and we're going through the hitters meeting and um, that's over by probably six. And I go to my locker and now I'm meeting with the media and it's like six fifteen. And, and at six fifteen, I have to take a break from my media session because Aaron Boone had to pull me aside and let me know that one of the guys just tweaked something. And now I'm in the lineup first night. And just like that, I'm putting on the, the, the Yankee uniform and I'm playing uh, for the New York Yankees and my opportunity was here and I was ready for it. You know, and, and Carp, you, I, I had a little technical difficulty there, but you know what? Good. We're right back to it, right? We're overcoming, overachieving, and we're back to it here. So you talked about how chance favors the prepared. Now you're getting thrown in the lineup. Talk about some of the mentality that you brought to your season with the Yankees that maybe was different than it had been in the last couple of years of your career with like the second chance at life. Yeah, I mean, you know, this year, more more than any other year, I've always felt like I've, you know, done a great job. Obviously, you know, I wouldn't be able to to play at the level that I've played if if you if you weren't, um, you know, handling the mental game at a high level. But I felt like this year I exceeded it and got to a place at, from a mental standpoint that I had maybe never gotten to, and I think that. Part of that comes from uh, going through so much adversity. Part of that comes from just the amount of, you know, reps that, I, that the, the amount of mental reps that you go through. I mean, when you really uh, kind of go through a long career like I have with so many ups and downs, so many different, uh, so many highs, so many lows, uh, so many times where you, you know, thought that that could be it, uh, it really hardens you in a way where you're able to, to you know, kind of flush some of the day-to-day -day things that happen in a way that maybe, you know, a younger player, a guy who hasn't experienced as much as you have, are able to do. And, you know, this season, that was a really good um, illustration of that playing out. I just, you know, I just felt like all year long, I was in the perfect headspace, uh, you know, for what could be for a lot of guys in the city of New York playing for the New York Yankees, that place, that environment um, can overwhelm a lot of players. And, you know, I, I just was able to, you know, overcome some of that and absorb it and use it to my advantage. And, you know, there's obviously a lot of uh, strategies and techniques that um, can help with that. And I'm sure we'll talk about some of them, but, I think that, you know, the biggest thing for me uh, last season, and, you know, I mentioned, or, you know, just mentioned, 
uh, what, you know, obviously I felt like my swing and all that stuff was great. Uh, you know, I improved and put in all that baseball work, but my mental game uh, was, was the best it had ever been. looks like we might have lost Brian again. Can you guys hear me still? Okay. Well, I'll just, uh, I'll just keep, keep talking then, I guess. So, um, you know, uh, this year, some of the things that, that I started doing, uh, for the first time, uh, as far as like implementing into my baseball uh, kind of routine. There you are. Yep. Good. Uh, do you want, did you have a question? Cause I was just going to start kind of. Yeah. Well, I want, I wanted to kind of get into some of the mental game strategies that you used carp, like some of the, some of the maybe morning routine that you were doing, some of the journaling, some of the mental imagery, you know, so maybe if we kind of go through like a list of some of the stuff that you've done, maybe start with, just kind of the power of, of gratitude and being in, and what that did for you last year. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the kind of the one word focus that, that Brian and I came up with uh, for, for kind of the motto for all of last year was just, was gratitude being, being grateful for an opportunity to put on a, put on a uniform, let alone a, a, the, you know, Yankees pinstripes, but just being grateful for um, my career, continuing and really um, adopting that and feeling it and walking with it every day. Um, I was, I was really, and, and it, it's, it was easy because um, it was genuine. I, I was so grateful for another chance to play. And every single day I went to the ballpark, I would just, feel like I was there, you know, it it almost felt like being a rookie again. And that was another thing that we talked about was, you know, being a rookie on a one day contract because um, nothing was given. Everything had to be earned. And, you know, my opportunity in, in New York uh, at the, at the onset was not great. I mean, it was, you know, I mean, it was a great opportunity to get to go play there. Um, but the, avenue for playing time was not going to be great. I mean, they had an amazing lineup and they were, um, you know, first in all of baseball when I showed up. So I was more just kind of an insurance policy. Uh, and, you know, but I was grateful for that. Uh, I mean, I was so happy just to be there every day. And, and that, that started off every day with, with, with that mindset, just put me in a great place. And some of the things that we, we did was we, we built a, uh, a mental imagery meditation that I would do in the mornings. And it talked about some of those things, being grateful, being on a rookie with being a rookie on a one day contract, kind of that mindset and kind of preparing for, um, you know, being a great teammate and going out and working and earning uh, playing time and doing, doing all those things. And, you know, I would start my day off uh, listening to that and building um, kind of that mindset around that uh, quiet time in the morning. And then, um, we also did uh, uh, a highlight video um, with, um, you know, some highlights in there that I would watch before I got to the field to kind of get me into that kind of positive uh, mindset headed in for a day's work. And uh, 
um, you know, I just, I really, you know, this year, those, those things really put me in a great headspace going into, you know, tr- you know, training in the weight room and then going, taking that into the cage and then taking it out on the field to compete. It was, uh, it, it felt like, uh, a, a weapon or a tool in my toolbox that I added, um, this season that really had, a, had to, had a major impact. Mm. You know, Carp, I know another thing that you were really big into, and I know that, that it's one of the things that every, every, you know, rep with fundraising university, every business owner does is they have a habit share and they have the process that they check every day. How did you use that success checklist through habit share to help you to stay consistent with all the things you needed to do to prepare on a daily basis, but also how it kept you connected with your family when you were, when you were traveling? It was huge. You know, I I mean, I I had, I I love that app. I had, um, you know, this, my day all mapped out from the start when I would wake up, you know, and eat breakfast, go get a workout and whatever it is. And then, you know, from my meditation routine to journaling, to spending time with, you know, on FaceTime with my wife and kids, or if they were in town, spending time with them to, you know, also transitioning into going to the field and starting to get prepared for a game, doing all the things that I needed to do, you know, watch video, all that stuff. And then to have that checklist and to just go through it and get that validation, um, you know, boom, I've done that. I've done that. I've done that. And go through that every day and stay consistent with it. For the for I think the the best part about that and the beauty about that was, and you know, this kind of goes back to what I was talking about earlier about how I felt like this year I was the best I ever been from a mental standpoint. All of that habit share, the the meditation, all that stuff was the reason why. And so that at the end of the day, I could go back and look at that list and know that I had just done everything that I could possibly do to give myself the best chance to go out and perform. And if I didn't perform for whatever reason, whether it be that the guy I was facing that day was, was tough or just one of those days, whatever it is, I could put my head on my pillow at, at night or I could get in that car on the way home and drive home and know that there was, that I had done all that I could do and that I was given the right to have success. And that's kind of, what I love so much about that quote of, you know, chance favors the prepared. I was leaving nothing to chance, but I also, you know, because I just believe this is how the world works is the guys who get, who catch those breaks are the guys who are the most prepared. And um, I was able to catch a lot of breaks this year. You know, you talk about how chance favors the prepared. And I know something that, that a lot of people struggle with, especially in baseball or in business is just, getting told no in sales or struggling at the plate that day and bringing it home. And then it compounds. And you, you had mentioned how habit share, the preparation, the journal, the highlight video, the meditation, the morning routine, how that almost would reset your mindset for every day. Talk about carp, just the importance of changing your clothes from street clothes into the uniform. And at the end of the day, from uniform and showering well back into street clothes and how that helps you to separate being a baseball player and being a dad. Cause you had your kids and your, and your wife with you on the road quite a bit. And I think for a lot of the people on the call here, sometimes it's, it's difficult to separate what I'm doing in my business every day to come home and be present with my family. I know that's a challenge that we hear a lot. No doubt. And if you would have, you know, I, I would be the first to tell you that when I was younger, um, that was not an area that I was great at. I could not turn it off. I felt like the whole reason that I had made it to the major leagues is because I grinded and I nonstop and I outworked people. And I, you know, I was, you know, 
100% committed to this thing, and I was committed to it 24-7. As I've gotten older, I realized that not only was that not necessarily true, there's a better way of doing it. And having the ability now to truly, and this is something that has gotten better every year and last year along with, you know, and I consider this part of the mental game as well. It's all part of it um, that I did as good a job as I ever have of. And that is walking into the stadium, putting on that uniform, and now I'm a New York Yankee. You know, or this year, I'm a San Diego Padre. I'm a Major League Baseball player. I'm Matt Carpenter, the, the infielder for the, you know, San Diego Padres. And I'm all in on that for because that's where I'm at. And as soon as that uniform comes off or that, you know, jersey or workout, whatever it is, um, and, and I put back on my street clothes, now I'm, you know, Matt Carpenter, the father, the husband. And being able to separate that, one, the two things that I have learned from that. One, you obviously, your, your loved ones are going to appreciate that and, and you're going to have better relationships and, and, and better experiences with them. But the beauty of it and that I, that I have learned now is when you adopt that mindset, you have more to give when you are on both sides, when you're with your family and when you're, when you're at work, it is not sustainable. And I've learned, and I've learned that the hard way to always have it turned on. If I'm constantly grinding over my job and I never have the ability to turn it off and be able to escape, whether it to be, you know, be a dad or to, you know, have a hobby or do something other than grind over whatever you do for a living, you're, you'll, you will never, you will never get the most out of it. And that's the kind of the, the tricky thing is because you think that you have to be that way to get the most out of it. But the reality of it is, and I've experienced this from personal experience, when you, when you have the ability to turn it off, you have more to give when it's, when it's time to, to turn it on. And this year, I mean, this year I was able to do that to, you know, the probably the best that I've done it in my career and um, it paid off. It's awesome. And, you know, Carp, one of the things I think that you also have mentioned and I've, and I've heard you say is that you have to be able to physically and mentally <clears throat> commit to your process without emotionally being tied to the result. How do you separate the emotion of the result and like being physically and mentally committed to your process without having to tie that emotion to an outcome? Yeah. That, I mean, that's kind of the, that's kind of one of the tougher questions about this whole thing. You know, it's, I think, you know, from experience, I think that helps more than anything is when you go through it, you start to, you know, get older and with age and, you know, comes wisdom and kind of learn through, through all the times that you didn't think that way. But, you know, kind of what we talked about this year, you know, focusing on execution and not expectation. So if I put an expectation and fall short of it, that can lead to get to the emotions of, of, um, you know, it not coming to fruition or, you know, this not happening the way that you want it. And, and, and it becomes an emotional um, kind of roller coaster. But if you can only focus on the execution of whatever you're trying to do, it kind of, at least for me, takes the emotion out of it because I, I, I'm not tied to this expectation that will lead me to, 
being emotional about how it plays out. If I'm solely focused on the execution of whatever it is. So for me, going to the field and being completely 100% all in committed on my process and what I'm doing and what how I need to execute it. However, however that day goes, whether it's an 0 for 4 with four strikeouts, I know I did everything that I can. And it's, I don't want to say it's easy, but it's easier to not be emotionally tied to that. And you know, I, I know I, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but this year, and and I know Brian can attest to this because we talked, um, you know, weekly, having a rough game and being able to truly just go home and like not be phased by it. Like, oh man, yeah, you know, wasn't a good one, but I'm, you know, I, I'm, I feel great. Like, I, I truly feel great. And uh, I know tomorrow is another day and I'll get another opportunity because I'm focused on my my process and I'm committed to it. And when you have that mindset, it's easier to roll with the punches and, and, and just like everything, um, you know, it leads to, to, to more success and catching those breaks and being ready for when your opportunities come. You know, I want to, I want to ask two more questions, Carp, then I want to open it up to everybody who's with us here for questions. So if anyone has a question for Matt Carpenter, please feel free to put it inside of the chat here. We'll get that asked. Carp, talk to us about just the importance of routines, right? I mean, you're playing 162 games over 180 days plus spring training plus postseason. And when you're when you're working in sales or as an entrepreneur, it's a similar grind. It doesn't stop. It's every day is an opportunity, right? Every day is day one. So talk about the importance of routines as it relates to consistency, if you would. Yeah. I I think for for especially for an athlete, especially for a baseball player, but I think it, you know. I think it, I think it's all encompassing for anybody that is in any kind of profession. Having a solid routine um, for me, and I think for anyone, gives you the best chance to be stable um, and be consistent. And when things get sideways, which it always does in sports and in life, having a solid routine to fall back on when things do get sideways in my experience is the best opportunity for you to limit that amount of, uh, you know, turmoil or stress or, uh, you know, failure that comes with all sports and, and in life. Uh, it's easy for me, uh, to, to point out, uh, you know, when I go to spring training this year, you know, the younger players and not, and I say that not because of, uh, you know, the way the way they look, obviously you can look at them and tell that, uh, you know, a guy's young, but what I'm speaking on is routine. Uh, younger, younger players all for the most part, um, that is a big area that they struggle with is having a solid routine and they're still kind of searching for what that looks like. And um, you can tell with older players, uh, you know, guys, especially that have played 10 plus years. Uh, the first thing you'll notice when you're around one of those guys is how solid and consistent of a routine they have. It's just, it's just such a part of uh, the fabric for success um, in professional sports, especially baseball. I mean, my routine has changed over the years. I mean, because baseball has changed, you have to adapt and, and um, you know, go with the change that happens in any industry. You know, baseball, I've seen it in the last 14 years do a lot of different things. I mean, from, you know, the shift and, uh, you know, the, the power that pitchers pitch with now, I mean, for the way I was pitched from 
2012 to versus 2023 is totally different. So I've had to adapt in my industry, but my routine has always been strong and I've always been able to lean on that when times of struggle It's kind of like when I talked about earlier in the zoom with, you know, in 2018, having a solid routine um, was the, was the whole reason that I was able to get through um, those tough times. Um, otherwise, I mean, if you don't have that, when things get sideways, it's really hard to overcome it. And you're constantly chasing, you know, your tail and you're looking for some magic fix and you're looking for the next big thing. And if you have this, uh, you know, great routine that you trust and that you believe in that, you know, works, then you can, you can weather those storms easier. Yeah, I think that concept of the routines goes for, you know, not just baseball, it just goes for life, right? Like if you're going to be, as they say, Jim Collins in the book, Good to Great, he says, if you're going to be consistent over time, you have to be able to describe what you do as a process. You have to be able to describe it as a routine and your routine, whether it's you, how you transition from dad into player and player back to dad, or how you start up your, your work day as a business owner and how you shut it down at the end of the day to create consistency. What you're talking about from baseball applies to other aspects of life. You know, Carp, if you if you could go back and you could you could talk to the 17 or 18 year old Matt Carpenter and you could give him a piece of advice, you know, what would what would you go back and say to that younger player? You know, I've thought about that, Brian, before. And, you know, I think that I could have saved that guy a lot of heartbreak and a lot of struggle if uh, if I could have gotten the 18 year old Matt Carpenter to, to buy into getting an established routine at a younger age. It took me until I was roughly 22 to kind of figure that out. But I always go back to, you know, this thought and this thought is, I don't know if I tell him anything because I am a product today of the struggles that I had earlier in my life. Um, everything that's happened to me has, has let, has, has given me, the perspective and, and the tools to, you know, go on to the next thing. Some of the toughest times, and I, and I really believe that my, you know, the, the hardest parts of my career are the best parts of my career. And that's always been, um, you know, the things that, that I've hung my hat on is the, is the struggles because I've never been afraid to have adversity or, you know, fail. And those, those tough times, um, have, have kind of helped me over the being able to overcome those, you know, that you, that you can withstand anything. And there's a lot of, uh, strength and power knowing that, um, that, that, you know, you're battle tested and that you have, uh, you have gone through, you know, tough times and you've struggled and you've gone and overcome all of them. There's nothing that you can't, withstand and that mindset in itself is is uh has really propelled you know me personally and i and so to answer your question i think that i would let him go through that whole thing over again so that i could become the same version of myself that i am so so you there's no there's no regret of the adversity and some of the up and down and some of the challenge because it's helped shape who you are right failure is feedback and adversity is your advantage no question no question you know carp one of the things that uh i know you you spoke about a lot that I want to talk about is just how great of a teammate Aaron judge was in the culture in New York. 
And, you know, you've played with some of the greatest, you played with Pujols, you know, you played with Chris Carpenter, you played with judge talk about like leadership in a locker room and some of the characteristics that you've seen from some of these great leaders, man. Yeah. I've been super lucky and fortunate to be around some really great players and some really great clubhouse guys. And um, man, Aaron judge for me is up there. I mean, it's, he's probably as good as anybody I've ever been around from, from, from a teammate standpoint, what makes him so special is um, obviously, you know, he is a very uh, massive presence. I mean, he's six, eight, almost 300 pounds, complete superstar uh, off the charts. Like if you were going to like build a, a player, create a player, it would be this guy. I mean, he's, he's that big, he's that strong, he hits the ball a mile, can run, can jump, just this, just a superior athlete and way way more physically gifted than everybody else on the field and all that to say um he's one of the hardest workers i've ever played with one of the best preparers i've ever played with one of the toughest you know mentally strong committed uh to the process players i've ever played with um just sets such a great example and you know i'm sure everybody knows this story but i'll just kind of for those that don't, I'll, I'll kind of uh, give you a short version of it real quick. But what is so impressive to me is Aaron Judge goes into uh, this season in the middle of a contract negotiation. And, you know, I can, I'll get the numbers wrong, but somewhere close to $200 million was, was given to him before the season started. And He's being advised. I mean, every every player has a, has has an agent, and his agent's telling him that that you are way better than this, and that you you know have earned and deserve more money than this. And you know, for all of us, two hundred million. I mean, that's a ridiculous. That's a lot of money and life changing money. And he uh, went out and bet on himself and did it in the hardest and toughest market in professional sports to play in front of, in front of all the media throughout all this thing was just the added pressure that this could have caused for any human being would be hard to imagine, let alone deal with as, as he went on to have arguably the greatest season in the history of the American league, breaking Roger Maris's home record, home run record and doing it all with such like humble uh, class and dignity of any player I've ever seen. And to me, that was just so eye-opening because you want to talk about how easily it could be to be focused on the wrong things. I mean, at any point after a game he, that he struggled in, he could have, you know, I can't believe I turned down that. You know, there's so many negative things that could have gotten in his head. And he stayed so positive and focused throughout that whole process and went on to have this historic season. I was so incredibly impressed by that. And then from a teammate standpoint, always giving, no matter, I mean, every seemed like every game, he was the hero or the superstar. And every time he got interviewed, he was deflecting it to somebody else. Hey, this guy did great. Did you, you know, did you remember when the seventh inning, when so-and-so came out and struck out, that was a big part of this game. I mean, just constantly giving other people the, um, you know, the, the credit for, for the win when 99% of the time he put us on his back and, and took us to victory. And, you know, I could tell you a million Aaron judge stories. Um, 
about what kind of a teammate he is and how great he is. But I'll, I'll, to, to, to make it as simple as possible, he leads by example. He loves and respects everybody he comes in contact with from a clubhouse stand guy to, you know, myself or Anthony Rizzo, another player, to the doorman holding the door. He treats everybody the same with love and respect. And he goes out there and he leads by example. And he's just a great, great guy to be around. And the New York Yankees are, are certainly uh, very lucky to have him. Carp, I got one last question for you here. I'm going to give you a minute to think about it as I close up with a, with a thank you to our sponsor. The question is going to be, if you could remove the skull cap of everybody who's listening to this live, anyone who's watching the video, anybody who's listening to this on a podcast format, what's the one strategy for success that you would share universally to help people close the gap from where they are to where they want to be? I'll give you a minute to think about that. And I just want to, again, thank Fundraising University and their CEO, Mike Bahoon, for, for supporting uh, this group coaching program. Fundraising University is looking for individuals throughout the country who are competitive, empathetic, organized, and self-starters to partner with. So if you're a coach or, or an athlete, business-minded individual, and you love you love to work with coaches and athletes, all while owning your own business, please reach out to and contact Zach Sorensen, zsorensen at fundraisingu.net to learn more. Carp, you can remove the skull cap of anybody listening to this and plant the seed of success that's going to germinate and help them to close the gap from where they are to where they want to be. What's that seed of success, brother? Man, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I would say, uh, I think I, I think I would say to to finish the work, to see it through. Um, I I feel like that most people who don't end up achieving what they want to achieve, whether it's in sports or business, are, are not seeing it through, not finishing, finishing the job, doing the work and, 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 you know, seeing it through. I mean, not, uh, you, you've got to put in the work, but you've got to, you've got to ride that ride and, and get to the finish line because there's so many things that happen over the course of things that, will derail you or distract you. And, you know, when you hit adversity, a lot of people want to, want to run from it and you have to, you have to run right through that and you have to commit to it. And you gotta, you gotta, you gotta fight through it because the best things come through, the best things always come through the hardest things. And when the hard stuff starts to hit, when the tough times come, it's easy to quit and it's easy to take the easy way out, but it's through those hard times where the great things come through. Mm. And when you're prepared, it makes it a little bit easier to deal with the hard times and the success because Matt Carpenter chance favors the prepared. Appreciate you taking time, man. Looking forward to watching you finish the job in San Diego, helping them get to and win a world series and fired up to watch you continue to do what you're doing in baseball. And I can't thank you enough, man, for taking the time out of, out of your schedule to sit down and talk about mental performance, leadership, and culture with us here in the group coaching program. Carp, you picked up a lot of new fans today and I appreciate you being here with us, brother. Looking forward to seeing you when you come out here to the desert and getting after it. Brian, Thanks, man. Appreciate you having me on. Thanks guys for listening. And, uh, Appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Carr. Appreciate it, man. Best of luck. Thanks, man. That's Matt Carpenter with the San Diego Padres. And again, this group coaching program is brought to you by Fundraising University. Thank you for all of our coaches and business owners who showed up today. 
We will make sure that tomorrow we've got our 25-minute weekly call to make sure we get on there and we'll be able to talk about and process this call with CARP. And our next one-hour group coaching is going to be coming up on Monday, February 27th. And we're going to feature Houston Christian University head baseball coach Lance Berkman. He's a six-time Major League Baseball All-Star. And he'll talk about leadership and culture, both from a player standpoint as a six-time Major League Baseball All-Star and now as a Division I head coach. So if we're excited to see you tomorrow in our 25 minute uh, chat and group coaching, and then we'll see you on the 27th with Lance Berkman. Thanks again, everybody for being here. Thank you to Mike Bahoon and fundraising university dominate the day. If you want to know the time for tomorrow's call, it is in your dashboard. All call listings will be in your dashboard. Log in there. It's where you catch this recording. It's where you can see all the calls that are upcoming and we'll see you tomorrow. Dominate the day.